Abba, that you bless the sharing of this word, your word, your truth, the gospel of you, Father God, and the gospel of Jesus Christ, our Lord, who came and sacrificed for us, the sharing of this truth, your truth, your knowledge, your wisdom, and that you bless me so that I can bless others, Father, and through that, I am truly blessed that you allow this to take place, that you have seen fit to allow this thing to happen, to share the gospel, the spreading of the word, the spreading of truth, Father God. Thank you. Thank you. Yahweh Aman. Yeshua Aman. Baraktitos Aman. Brothers and sisters, good morning. Early morning. Yes, I just got off work. I work some strange hours, but I'm gonna I wanna share a little with you from the teaching. I I love this minister. He is provides such good word and from the Bible, from the truth, he doesn't nothing is made up from him. When he speaks something, he goes straight to the word. And brothers and sisters, I believe that I do the same thing. I'm not making anything up. I will not lie, deceive, or make something up for my vainglory. Everything that I share with you is for the glory of God. And he has given me the ability to do that through this podcast. It's his podcast. He showed it to me. He's guided me. And he's providing this way because he believes, as I asked him, that if this is a, a a good thing that I do, that I share your word, Father, that you would make it happen, and it, he did, and it is, and the only thing that I can do is be about my Father's business. That's what this is about. This is not about me, and whatever I share is not about me. Sometimes I'll share something that sounds like me or saying something that, that I get, but only because of my Father God in heaven above, Abba, Yahweh, Father God, and that's the only way it comes. And I am blessed by being able to bless. And I have prayed the prayer of Shabbos to my Father that you bless me so that I can bless others. And in doing so, I must tell them that I am simply a conduit. And that's what I am right now. I am a conduit for the word of God, for his truth, He blesses me through blessing all of you. And brothers and sisters, I invite you again, if you're just joining in and first time listening or whatever, and even those that have been, I remind you again, try my spirit. I implore you, try my spirit. You will see that the Holy Spirit will tell you that I am truth. I'm not going to make things up, and this is not for my glory to vaunt myself above anyone else because I am not. There are things that I fall into, brothers and sisters. I am weak like anyone else. But through my weakness, he is strong. And he can use whatever happens. Whatever happens, it doesn't matter. Here's the thing too, brothers and sisters. We don't have to jump through flaming hoops. We don't have to try to seek his approval for anything because he looks at our heart. Remember, I've shared with you, he is not a respecter of person. He doesn't care what caste, anything else, what you look like, what 
tone your skin color is. He doesn't care. He doesn't care how you dress or you don't dress up. He does not care. What he does care for and seeks is the character of your heart. Period. That's it. You don't have to jump through any hoops. I find sad, no, not just sad, but tragic, tragic, that there are many people, and it seems like here of late, so many celebrities and sports figures that are trying to be relevant by jumping on the political bandwagon, relevant by being in some kind of a gender change thing or whatever, to, because that seems to be what's in focus. And why it's tragic is because they're seeking valuation from mammon. Brothers and sisters, it doesn't matter what people think of me. I don't care. Honestly, I don't. I would like people to approve. I would like people to like me. But you know what? It doesn't matter. As long as I am standing upright in righteousness, I share the truth and I share kindness, I share compassion and I do the right thing in the eyes of God, my Father. That's all that matters. Nothing else matters. I don't need to be relevant to an issue. I don't need to declare that I'm part of uh, some group to be relevant. I don't need to do that. But sadly and tragically, these folks seek the valuation of what people are looking at more than they do the valuation from God, their creator. And they have forgotten that everything they have is from him anyway. And he can take it just as fast and quickly as he allowed it to come into their lives. And we may not see it happen. We may not experience, but things will come around. And when they finally, hopefully, prayerfully realize and that it's not on that day when it becomes too late because on the day that the trumpet sounds and the Lord comes and things are set right and then those are that are not believers will be compelled to kneel and bow and confess that Jesus Christ is Lord and it was truth. And as I've shared before, maybe silently, maybe outwardly, maybe looking at the neighbor who's next to him, why didn't we listen? Because you had not a hearing. You had ears, but you didn't hear. You didn't listen with spiritual ears. And I pray continually, not only for you, brothers and sisters, for your uprightness and your courage in all these matters, but as Paul wrote to Timothy, we must pray for the kings and princes and those elected officials. I don't like their ideologies. There are some that are just absolutely atrocious. The lies and the stealing and the deceit that goes on to the people that they're supposed to be sworn to protect. Sadly, too, there are people that don't realize that elected officials are not really the ones who should be let loose because there is a saying of the people, by the people, and for the people. And those have forgotten 
as well as citizens. They don't even remember that. They don't know it. Some of them say, really? I thought they were in charge. No, God's in charge. God is sovereign. And what happens now? We have to just be strong and centered and focused. And how we do that is focus on God. I've shared this before, brothers and sisters. We have to be in these things. We have to be around them, but focus on God. And as the world that we live in and and that we look around and we remember how it was before all these lies and all these things started happening and how everything just seems to be splintered and falling apart and some places totally unrecognizable because of the things that are going on. But God declares... I haven't changed. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And even in through the midst of things. And as in certain times as these are, God just asked, believe in Jesus and trust in him. Trust, faith. Same thing. Trust and faith. You trust your car mechanic, you trust the pilot, you trust the captain of the ship that you might be cruising. So why not trust God? Correct? Absolutely that's correct. And all the things that are going on, God reminds us, don't be afraid. Joshua 1.9 Have I not commanded thee be not afraid nor dismayed. He's with us wherever we go. Don't be afraid. Just remember that. And the tumultuous times and every all this increased uncertainty. Uncertainty. I mean, you look around. Things are so uncertain now. Before we used to go through. I never thought I'd see this country in this much turmoil. As a veteran, a patriot, American citizen, and serving, having served this country and those that are that look around and see this thing that's going on, this is an abomination. But through this all, but through this all, God just reminds me, reminds us all, let me be your strength. I am weak, but he is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me. And that's what he tells us there. Let me be your strength. And then he bends down so he can be closer and put his arms around us. And he says, I love you. Brothers and sisters, this is uh, something really important. And I, I love this, this lesson as I listen to this. It's just so... It's very, very powerful. And as Paul writes to the church in Thessalonica and in Thessalonians, First uh, Thessalonians, I'm sorry, 5, 1 and 2. But of the times and the seasons, brethren, ye have no need that I write unto you, for yourselves know perfectly 
that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. And child, as a thief in the night, and when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with child. And they shall not escape. But ye, brethren, are not in darkness that that day should overtake you as a thief. What Paul is exhorting the church in Thessalonica to remember and know, and I do the same to you, brothers and sisters. If you've noticed that things, as the time continues, they seem to be getting signs, getting closer together, becoming more intense. So what happens with a woman that's in travail with child? You know what that means. She's pregnant. She's getting ready to give birth. So what happens? The pains increase. They become more intense. And, and they get closer together. So brothers and sisters, I'm watching. I'm paying attention. I'm looking at things and I'm watching them. Look to the heavens. Look to the world around and see if what I say is not true. I am seeing things in the heavens that I've never seen before. I'm seeing things in governments that I've not seen before. And it seems like they're happening with more frequency, more intensity. Brothers and sisters, this is what is spoken of in the Bible. And don't get all bent out of shape about, oh, the doom and gloom, the worry of it. What? What worry? Jesus is coming. He promised to come back. Nothing should be of a surprise to any of us. That's exactly what he states in this letter to the church at Thessalonica. Let me repeat that again. In chapter 5, verse 4. But ye, brethren, are not in darkness, that that day should overtake you as a thief. And verse 2, for yourselves know perfectly that that day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. Nobody knows when it's going to happen. Jesus Christ expressed that. Nobody knows except the Father. Abba Yahweh is the only one that knows of the time. When he looks at his God watch and he says, all right, let's go. That's when it's time. The angels in heaven don't even know. And they don't ask because it's not for them to know. It's not for us to know. If it were for us to know exactly when, he would have told us so. Now you know also, brothers and sisters, that there are those that will try to claim that they know or that they can figure it out with through some kind of mathematical uh, figure through the Bible that they can do this calculation and figure out exactly when it's going to happen. Baloney. That's false doctrine and false teaching, and that person is a liar, period. Now, this pastor that shares this did share some mathematics. 
However, the mathematics that he shared in the sermon that he preached on that was not for coming events futuristic. It was mathematical calculation of events that had taken place to show that it was precisely as it was in history and that it was a historical documented fact. And it could be shown mathematically. That's what he was showing. It wasn't to try to figure out when God's coming because he admitted that that's not what it's for. And there is no one that knows. And in closing his sermon for that, he stated the same thing I just said. No one knows but the Father, not even the angels. And they don't ask. Christ does not ask his Father because when it's time, it will be time. And God will decide that. No one else. So now we're going to jump over here to Colossians 3, 1 through 4. And share some more from the letters of Paul. Paul wrote to the church, the Colossians. If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. In saying that, brothers and sisters, when we were baptized and gave up what we were to be a follower of Christ, a believer in Christ, we died. The old man died. And when we came out of that water, out of that water baptism, We were risen. Risen anew to what? To be like Christ. That Christ was in our heart. That we showed that light, that compassion, that kindness. And that thing that Jesus Christ is in us. And that's what it says here too. Seek those things which are above. And you have many that will say, No, you have to look within. You have to be looking inside search yourself and whenever they speak of that they they do these um encouraging speeches and talks uh, what do they call it i uh, <laughs> i had it right on the tip of my tongue I was going to share it with you and i forgot it went right out of my old head yeah i'm kind of an old guy so that happens once in a while it'll come back to me tomorrow after i wake up but um you know, these inspirational speakers and these, uh, those that want to talk to these companies and, and all these uh, pep talks that they do. Everything is about self. Everything is self-centered. Everything is about doing it yourself. Well, brothers and sisters, it is not all about self. And those that claim that, and including some of those speakers I've even heard bragging about being a self-made man, well, that's a bunch of hooey because there is no such thing as a self-made man or woman. Someone along the line helped them to get somewhere to do something, whether they loaned them a couple bucks that they invested and reinvested and reinvested. It doesn't matter. Somebody helped them start. Somebody seeded that. And God blesses us in the same fashion. If we take self out of the picture and we put him at the head where he belongs and we put our trust in him, our belief in Jesus Christ 
and faith in God, he will see us through all things. All things. So stop looking around at the things that are down here and temporal and the things that, you know, the stuff I've shared with you too, that Saul almost missed his anointed to be king because he was caught up in his little hooch with all his stuff. And he was looking at all of his stuff and he almost missed his anointing. Don't get caught up in stuff. Look above. Look to God. Set your affection on things above and not things of the earth. Remember that there is scripture that speaks to this. Where your treasure is, so there also will your heart be. So are you looking at the things of the earth and saying, but this is my home. What's going to happen to my home? This is not your home. We're visitors here. We're on visa here. We are citizens of heaven. We have visa passes to allow us to be here to do our father's business. We're on a work visa, you might say. We're on loan to this place. My home is in heaven. My home is because I have family that have gone on there. I have loved ones that are there. I, too, have a child who is there. Yes, brothers and sisters, a long, long, long time ago, young, silly, and foolish, but I didn't find out, find out until all said and done and afterwards and I was getting ready to go in the service and for whatever reason the consequences took place and steps and, and I was never told. I never told, was never informed. Broke my heart. And I even found out that it was a girl and I found out her name. but I can't hold on to that. But what I do know and what I will hold is that when I get to heaven, I will be able to meet her. I will see her. She will know me and I will know her because God says that will happen and all things will be made new. Confession. It's supposed to be good for the soul, but that kind of hurt. Anyway, Set your eyes on, set your heart on things above, not in the temporal things. Let me ask you a question here too. I'm going to throw this out there. As so many people I've heard, and I've heard guys trying to be these macho phonies because chasing after that is nothing but a show. So they chase all that and they say that whoever has the most at the end of this life, that, they're the winner. Okay, you win. What are you going to do with it? You think that you're going to put it in a U-Haul van or U-Haul truck? Or are you going to put it in a tow hitch and tow it to heaven with you? I don't think so. Can't take it with you. That's an old adage. You can't take it with you. So what are you collecting all this for? Makes no sense. But those individuals put their heart in those treasures. They look for stuff. And everything is stuff. They're so busy working to get all the stuff that they forget about their children. They forget about their spouses. They forget about their family, their other parts of the family. And they just don't have time because they're working so hard to, to make everything. 
well, what's the point in that? Brothers and sisters, if you don't slow down and take the time and look somebody straight dead in the eye and tell them that you love them, you've missed out. Brothers and sisters, I'm here telling you right now that that's important. If I had been, and I've shared this with you already, if I had been the man that God intended me to be, I would not be sitting here with just me and my dogs, but maybe this is what God intended for me. This was the detour in the road, and I have to have trust and faith that the detour is the road. So I don't sit in a world of regret about that, but I do occasionally, God knows it. And I don't think he faults me for it because I don't hold on to the past. I don't hold on to it. I don't live in regret. I don't live in frustration. I don't live in anger. I don't live in agitation because that's what this enemy wants us to do. And holding on to those things of the past, it binds us. It bounds us up with rocks and chains and we're sinking down and then we get discouraged, you get frustrated, you get agitated. And then you start acting out very stupidly with anger, agitation. And that's not what God desires. Remember in this song, I can't help it. I love that song. And when I listen to the lyrics and I, I study them and I reread them, this man, I don't even know if he was a Christian or not or believed in God. But when he's singing, there is nothing in that song whatsoever, nothing whatsoever about erotic love. And when he talks about love, he talks about show me that higher love. You search your heart and I'll search mine. This is where it lives, brothers and sisters. That's scriptural. The Bible tells us that. That that dwells in our hearts. The character of our hearts is to love one another. Skin tone doesn't matter. The character of our heart is what matters. And I think that song speaks to it perfectly. Chapter 3, verse 3. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. All these worldly things and all this walking around in the temporal and all these things that when we look to the baptism and look for our salvation and we say that we're going to accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, these things, we die to that world. And we are dead to that world. We are also risen. As in verse 4, when Christ who is our life, shall appear, then ye also appear with him in glory. Brothers and sisters, we are going to be transfigured as Jesus was transfigured when he rose on that mount and he went to heaven. And when the disciples were all looking up as he went up there and the angel said, what are you looking at? The same way he left, he's coming back. Brothers and sisters, we too will go that route. We will go with Jesus Christ. And we will be as he was and is now. We are going to be like that. 
And brothers and sisters, I'm going to share to you with you, which is very much on point to that, as it is in Galatians. I'm sorry, I almost sent you to the wrong book. Galatians. Paul writes to those in the church at Galatia. In chapter 2, verse 20, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Brothers and sisters, there is it on point exactly. Period, exclamation point. It's not me that's living and doing all this because quite honestly, brothers and sisters, innately we don't have the ability to love that way without the Holy Spirit, without belief in Jesus Christ, and without faith in God. Don't get me wrong, there's some nice people out there. They're kind. But when it comes down to bold compassion, they haven't got any. And it might appear, and some people look at them and say, oh, they're so compassionate. But then the, tr- then the real self comes out when they're away or off camera or away from or off stage. Uh, not so much so. But the thing about this with the new life in Christ and the integrity in that is that whether anybody's watching us or not, it's to do that thing that we are supposed to do. Love each other, pray for one another, exhort one another, encourage one another. Brother and sister, I'm telling you here right now, that's our job. It's not an easy thing to do. But when I go to bed at night, before I go to sleep, I pray. And I don't know everybody by name. And sometimes I I, I blanket it. And I believe that God knows what my prayerful intent is, so he honors that. If I'm doing it empty, he'll know that. But he knows that the truth is in my heart. He sees my heart. God knows that we are not perfect, brothers and sisters. He does not expect perfection from anyone. We do not have to jump through a hoop to prove ourselves or show ourselves worthy of God. Because trust me in this, brothers and sisters, this is also truth. There is nothing that any of us can do that can pay for what Jesus Christ did for us by jumping through as many hoops as you figure that you need to or you feel like you need to. But guess what? None of that matters to God. He doesn't care. He doesn't expect perfection from none of us. All he asks us for is Two things, to believe in Jesus Christ and have faith in him. That's it. And that, one would think, would be pretty simple. However, as I've also shared before, how is it that people find it so easy to have faith in doctors that put them under, make them unconscious, and have no idea what they're doing until you wake up? And then, unfortunately, like some people have, 
they wake up and the doctor comes in and says, um, I have good news and I have bad news. We took out what we were supposed to, but the anesthesiologist, the clasp came off of his watch and we have to go back in and get it. That's happened. That's truth. I'm not making that up. That's truth. They've also had times where a nurse left a sponge in and then when they went to do the x-ray and the doctor went to make sure that everything was copacetic, well, guess what? It was not. But yet, people have faith in them to let them put them under and do that thing. They have faith in the airline pilots, the mechanics. I've shared this with you before. That seems to be readily, easily done. And yet... God is so difficult to put our faith in. And the excuse that I've heard from people, well, I don't see him. How do I know? Well, for crying out loud, do you stand over the mechanic when they work on it? Do you go to the pilot school where the pilot got his pilot's license? Or the doctor, how do you know he's even certified? Did you go to medical school with him or her? And yet, you know, that the scripture talks about no one will have the excuse because they're able to look around and see all the things that God created and done. And there is a thought that comes, and this is a Holy Spirit, by the way, that speaks to people. And people start to question within their own mind and, and talking to themselves that, wow, this is all really great stuff. I I wondered, there must be a God. And they start talking about this. And this is what God talks about in the Bible when this takes place. That there will be no excuse that anyone can give for not knowing of his presence. Not a one. Brothers and sisters, I love you. I have more to share because this Bible is so awesome. And there's more that I wanted to get into that was relative to all these things, but I'm going to share it for a part two, <laughs> a sequel, as you might say. Um, uh, this is so awesome and so great. Um, And there's scriptures that go along with this man. In Psalm 62.10, David speaks about not setting our hearts on the worldly riches. And there are those that allow that to become a focus. We must not allow that to happen. And brothers and sisters, I love you all. Pray for you all. Your uprightness, your boldness to speak in righteous truth for the glory and gospel of God and the glory and the gospel of Jesus Christ and the praiseworthy Holy Spirit. All are praiseworthy. Father, Son, Holy Ghost. 
as Jesus preached the gospel of his father and attempted to get those to listen, and as the disciples and the apostles wrote the epistles to the different churches and the groups of people for the gospel of Jesus Christ. The gospel is good news. I shared with you before, that's a Latin, comes from the Latin, the Romans, gospel, good news. Good news that Abba Yahweh is with us always. Wherever we go, there is nothing to fear in this dark world as it turns around and all these things are taking place. And the good news that Jesus Christ came and sacrificed himself and loves us all so much that he spread his arms open and got nailed to a cross. That is our way home, brothers and sisters, over the dark, deep chasm. We cross that barrier to heaven through truth and life and love. How much love? So much love that he gave his only begotten son, that whomsoever, whomsoever, doesn't matter your tone of skin, doesn't matter how much or have not, remember this always, brothers and sisters, God is not a respecter of persons. He doesn't care. What he cares about is the character of your heart. Do you believe that Jesus Christ is his only begotten son? Do you have faith in God? Do you want that light to shine out in your life as you walk and and have the Holy Spirit to guide you so that you can show that to other people? I want that to happen. I want it to increase. I want it to be in my life more and more and more. And here's the thing. I know that it requires things to change in life, but let that change begin with me. Why anywhere else? I'm a good starting point right here. Brothers and sisters, I love you. Be blessed in this new day that God hath made and rejoice in it.